Autumn is here, gentlemen, and it's time to get busy during the holidays. Don't let that stop you from sticking to your habits and being the best version of yourself. That's where our friends at Caldera Lab come in. These guys are the best in skincare game and with an easy routine to keep your face looking pretty no matter what your schedule. Plus, what's a better gift than clear skin? Join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best self and first impressions this autumn. Plus, it's a great gift. Get 20% off with the promo code SEVERMMA at calderalab.com. Just like many others listening here, just like all our good Patreon people did, and just like myself and Graham did as well. And you know what? Look Look how young we're looking. <laughs> Fellas, we can all agree on one thing. You're going to brush your teeth today. Incorporate skincare steps before it guarantees not to mess up your routine, leaving your breath fresh and your face refreshed to the bottom at the one time. It's absolutely perfect. Calera Lab creates high performance mint skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup. It's a twice a day routine to transform your skin, just like twice a day routine brushing your teeth exact same thing calera lab knows the skincare world is heavily female driven and has long been the wild west for men that's why they're making the solution simple and that solution is the regimen it has three products the clean slate the base layer and the good the clean slate starts your day it's a face wash that leaves all skin types refreshed the base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your uh, skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence and in the good is your go-to multifunctional serum at night that helps your skin look tighter and smoother as well as helps reduce the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines every drop of this serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin what more could you ask for and the calera lab icon serum as well that is absolutely fantastic we all know where mma fans are listening to this we get tired the owl eyes the you know it addresses those three most common skincare uh concerns around the eye the fine lines the dark circles and the puffiness calera lab is the leader in men's skincare made only with the top tier ingredients and the clinical trials that have found 94 percent of men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after using caldera lab for just a few weeks one minute morning and night is all it takes to reduce your wrinkles fine lines and signs of aging and just for our audience we have an exclusive deal you're not getting better than this use the promo code severe mma at calderalab.com for 20 percent off right now get 20 percent off with the code severe mma s-e-v-e-r-e-m-m-a at calderalab.com c-a-l-d-e-r-a-l-a-b dot c-o-m to make unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holidays 20 percent off at calderalab.com with the promo code SEVERMMA. If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash SEVERMMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash SEVERMMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of SevereMMA.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. 
Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 442 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and I'm joined today by the Tony Pulis of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a massive weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. It's a pretty good weekend next weekend uh, as well coming up. So uh, we've uh, a lot to talk about. Graham Harting, good, good all weekend. We we bit, 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 bit of soccer. Both our teams won. Happy enough now, Graham. Good, isn't it? We, we can't be complaining. Monday podcast as well. So we had a bit of a we had a bit of a rest on Sunday. So it's all it's all good now in in, in Limerick and Dublin, Graham, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, Man City not winning is also very good for the whole league and for any kind of you know chance of. Of uh, fairness, winning out over cheating. So yeah, as, as much as uh, as much as their first goal was a complete cheat, like you know, this well, like that's the standard of Man City. You know, yeah. if they ever they needed a little help, the yeah. PDMOL are there, happy to assist. <laughs> happy check to assist. complete. Check complete. Spell that check, Graham. Spell it. And there's a Q and a U and an E in there. <laughs> check complete. Love it. Right, we better talk about MMA. I suppose uh, UFC two nine five was. Uh, a very good card on paper and turned out to be a, a brilliant main card as well, especially with uh, a whole load of finishes. All finishes, wasn't it? It was all finishes indeed. But let's talk about the top two first and, and, and we'll start with the uh, with the big ones. Do you know what's very funny about these top two? And I, I said it individually about them on the week coming in, but thinking about it afterwards and looking at the reaction and some of that stuff, do you know what? We had four fighters here that... We don't know that well, if you think about it, right? So we've Tom Aspinall and Sergei Pavlovich, who have both basically been running through everyone in the heavyweight division and have never faced the, the top level yet. Now, people are probably saying, oh, Sean, you're being negative. That, that's, that's just the fact of the matter. Like, they have yet, now, in their next fight and in this fight, they, they fought very good fighters and going forward they will. But everyone was once in that situation, whether you're John Jones or Conor McGregor, Demetrius Johnson or Habib Nurmagomedov. And we just, like, we don't know him at that level yet. You look at Pereira and Prohachka, although both have fought top-level fighters, both have very little tape on them. You know, what is it? 11 fights for Pereira. Prohachka has a lot, obviously a lot of tape on him, but not in the USC, you know. Uh, I think this is what, he's only fourth fight or something like that. So we're entering two title fights with, like, four guys who are not not unknown, but not like, you know, let, let's say if uh, Benil Darius had gone into a title shot, or let's say Dustin Murray is in a, a title uh, fight, or it's John Jones, or it's McGregor or it's you know Demetrius Johnson or Aljamain Sterling even or something like that and I feel like coming into it we kind of had this like oh what's going to happen right we don't know what's going to happen we don't know how these guys are going to uh, fight in that position right and for MMA fans like myself and yourself Graham and, and everyone listening to this that's exactly what we want. <laughs> like, Joe Rogan actually put it really well. Uh, I think it was in the, the main event. He's like, I love this so much because I don't know what's going to happen. That was, that's just brilliant. And I, I don't know if, I, I don't think it's the same, like if you're trying to get into casual fans, if you're talking about pay-per-view buys or anything like that, we're not going to concentrate on that because that's not us. Like, But I think it might be a little bit different. I think it's probably better to be a known quantity. And maybe Pereira was a little bit of that because of the Adesanya thing. But I, I, just, I just felt that a little bit. And it led to the finishes to me being like really exciting and really like wow and like unexpected but while kind of being expected at the same time you know two, two knockout artists basically got two knockouts so it's not that unexpected but still and all it was it, it was an unknown it was brilliant and I, I love those sort of fights at the very topic arts far titles with the with the utmost what's your word Graham what's your famous word 
Jeopardy. With the utmost Jeopardy on the line. And uh, I, I just, for, for us, for MMA fans, we'll forget about the, the casual fans looking to buy pay-per-views. That's the perfect scenario for us. Now, look, uh, we want the big John Jones fights. We want the big McGregor fights. We want, you know, the big Ronda Rousey fights back in the day or Brock Lesnar, Chuck Liddell or whatever back in the day as well. But to have fights like these, I think it's special and it's it's cool and it's different. And uh, I really enjoyed it. What, what did you think of the card overall, Graham? Yeah, I really enjoyed the card overall. As you mentioned there, there was there was a lot of jeopardy on it, you know, and the Tom Aspinall Pavlovich fight is uh, first of all like, you know, oh, is a lot of questions around it, you know, as you said we we've seen Tom for like a lot of years and we've talked about Tom for a lot of years, but we have still questions against top level, you know, uh, guys and a guy with the, the reach and power of a Pavlo- Pavlovich and things like that. So that you know, he went out there and answered those questions um really well and in the main event obviously Alex Pejia, you know, everybody knows that he's a vicious striker and that, you know, his leg kicks, his, his punches, everything is, is spot on and can put you away real quickly. But there was always questions about his takedown defense and, and you know, his his uh, defensive um, abilities on the ground, off his back and things like that. And, you know, he answered some questions there. He, like, you know, he played it safe, he played it defensive, but he... You know, he warded off pretty much all big damage and any, uh, you know, and limited any ability for Yuri to get any real submission attempts going. So, yeah, it was it, there were some questions a- uh, answered there, but there's also, you know, going into the next fights as these guys step up to, you know, obviously for, for Tom Aspinall, maybe, you know, he'll have to defend his title just because of what's going or his interim title because of what's going on with the with the undisputed or the the world title, wherever we want to put it, the UFC title, he might have to defend it again. But when he steps up, there'll still be those questions, you know, because we knew he could hit hard, like, and we knew he could put people away. And uh, we, we knew that could, you know, even he said it himself that he was afraid that going into this, that that could happen to him. Um, so it'll, it'll definitely give him confidence. And going in there with a back injury and overcoming adversity is definitely a massive sign. But, you know, uh, usually when you, win, when you have that UFC belt strapped around you, you think, oh, this guy is, you know, the questions have been answered or this guy's the very best, but, uh, you know, with an interim title in, in this situation, it, it, it seems to me like it's another big, big step up to see, you know, can Tom do this again? So I think we're going to be in the same situation of, of not knowing how the, the, that fight, if it does or when it does happen, is going to look. And, you know, at this age, you know, Tom has, has, has bounced back from adversity and the injury and all that stuff absolutely brilliantly. But at the top of this division is just an absolute animal who is so well-rounded and can, you know, can, can against most opponents basically do what he wants and style on them. So, yeah, uh, this like, uh, like congratulations, brilliant performance, absolutely phenomenal knockout by Tom Aspinall, especially under the circumstances of not being able to train properly with a back injury and things like that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know... It's 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 a it's a big ass to go in there against you know a John Jones, but you know obviously he's going to be confident. He has knockout ability, but I think you know Pavlovich is is a great fighter. He 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 has a lot of like uh, weapons that can put you away, especially on the feet. But you know John Jones can do that. He can do John Jones can do everything. You know it's it's yeah. you know it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. But I think. We're going to have to see Tom Aspinall in, if he comes in with any kind of back injury or any kind of anything like that against John Jones, there, there, there's no way. 
I, it's funny the heavyweight division. There's just so much unknown at the very top, and like the very top is very, very. Well, the very top is John Jones. So like you know, yeah, John like, Jones over the years is just a wild cannon. You never know what's going to happen. So that's yeah, but always... John Jones has only fought for what like ninety seconds as a heavyweight. You know, he came in there with a lot of weight and stuff, and he was fighting Cyril Gann. You know, you know, and I I'm a big fan of Cyril, but like that matchup turned out to be a very easy matchup for John Jones. I don't think Aspinall or a few others will will exactly be the same. But like if you look at it, right, such. John Jones is, is still somewhat of an unknown at heavyweight. Look, how much of an unknown is John Jones? Okay, you make a good point, right? But Stipe, one of the greatest fighters of all time, but still and all, like he got knocked out in his last fight, and that was like fucking three years ago, and he's old now as well, you know. Um, Aspinall, yeah, I, was, I fancy Aspinall against. Stipe I probably would as well now. But like Aspinall, still very young in his career. Like we've been talking about Aspinall, like slowing the roll with him for a long time. That he has, like, and some people have, and I saw a few people tweet me the weekend. Oh, you 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 were wrong about Aspinall. And I'm like, all we were saying was this lad is a top level prospect, and that it should take a little bit slower with him. There's no need to rush it now maybe that's wrong maybe he went there and he wrecked John Jones last time and you know uh, he, he he wrecked Pavlovich uh, at the weekend but it's there's just so many unknowns and he's only 13 like right now yeah. like in the heavyweight division that's that's a baby like. very young very very like very very young and it's mad because like you know Aspinall and Pavlovich are probably the, the next two guys with, with Gagne as well and both of those guys like haven't you know, as I said, they haven't fought to that level yet. Ganya got up to that level and he did well in certain fights. You know, he probably won the Nganu fight if they look back and it got destroyed by John Jones and has looked very good in other fights as well. But there's still kind of a lot of unknowns there. So it's a wide open heavyweight division at the moment. And it's great. Like, that's exactly what you want. But it's funny because, like, that wouldn't happen in, in most other divisions. Now, in, you know, in certain divisions, it, it, it wouldn't. Arguably, it happened in light heavyweight at the weekend as well. But that's not to take away anything from Aspinall. Like, that's to say Aspinall has become the interim champion now. And in three years' time, could be a lot better. Like, there's very few lads in that division that probably will be a lot better in three years' time, especially at the very top. So he's in a, in a wonderful position. But, like... You know, we we use the the phrase uh, uh, unexposed before. There's like Pavlovich and Aspinall are very much unexposed against the top. Like, and and I'll, I'll use that phrase. It's not like oh they're they're shooting, they're going to get exposed. They could be exposed as like the best fighter in the world. You know, it just they have to kind of get there and fight. But there aren't that many opportunities. I know we spoke about this a while back. I think it was actually when Aspinall got to the UFC that when, say, the likes of Overeem, the likes of Junior De Santos, the likes of Verdum were let go by the UFC, there wasn't that kind of yardstick to get, like, into the top 10 or into the top 5 and, and go further. You know, we have it now kind of with Derek Lewis and others as well, but, like, I, I just I feel like it's kind of not the same. And it's, if, if those ads had been replaced, fine, but I don't think they, they really have. You know, Blades and Lewis are just they're not the same quality of, of level of ex-champions as the lads uh, the lads I mentioned so it's harder for guys like Aspen and Pavlish to actually prove themselves to get to that level to be like when they get to it they're like oh these guys are going to beat the very very top now maybe they maybe they did that at the weekend but um, I actually think that's tough on them and unfair on them as well but at the same time we, we will find out eventually on the fight at the weekend Graham I I watched all of their fights, basically, uh, in, in the UFC anyway, before coming into this. And I found it very hard to pick between them. I thought the two most standout things in, like, the matchup were how hard Pavlovich hits and how hard he gets hit. Like, I think Aspinall is a much better defensive fighter than Pavlovich. He mightn't hit as hard, but he hits very fucking hard for, uh, you know, if you get hit by heavyweight. But 
Pavlovich showed both of those things in this fight. He hit Aspinall really hard. Aspinall showed he had an unbelievable chin. And then he was just so open for those two one-twos down the middle. Uh, and Aspinall You're absolutely beautifully placed, though. Really beautifully placed, but shots. if you watch any of these old fights, he's wide open for him. Like, oh, when I, I picked Pavlovich coming in, absolutely. But I picked him because based on, I think he's probably going to land that big power shot first. Now, he did, <laughs> but Aspinall stood up to it. And I think what what won Aspinall this fight wasn't those, those beautiful one-twos. And it wasn't, obviously, but... What won him this fight is when he got hit with that shot, he kind of took that step to the side and was like, okay, let's readjust here. Let's not panic. Let's not come back in and throw another big shot and get caught and countered. What you need to do is counter Pavlovich. You need to kind of set him up and throw those straight shots down the middle. And he did that beautifully. Like the fight only lasted, what, 69 seconds. But he's a just his slight adjustment and it's not even an, an adjustment. It's it, what is probably an adjustment back to what he wants to do. Because a lot of people wouldn't have done that, Graham. When you, you, we've seen lads down through the years, and they're hit really hard, and uh, you know, the, oh, I want to get them back, and they swing as hard <laughs> yeah. as they can. <laughs> that was that was brilliant from Aspinall, wasn't it? But like, he he looked, his ability to look so composed in that when he'd probably never faced something like that before was uh, was wonderful, and it was a, it was a quick finish for him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, even though he, he did get tagged early, he looked like for such a, you know, both guys for such a big kind of moment for the both of them looked comfortable in there and looked like, you know, looked like we'd expect them to look. And Pavlovich obviously was, was going in there looking to use his length and use his power. And he had some success early. And maybe, maybe, you know, as you said, is a bit open and got a bit complacent. And, you know, somebody, somebody like with the power of, of Tom Aspinall and nearly anybody at heavyweight, you know, you make a mistake like that. And you are risking it, but the way the precision and the and the crispness of the shots and and the way you hit him on the way down uh, so nicely, the placement of them just really, really beautiful highlight. Uh, you know, uh, hands to finish it and a, a really like kind of picture book way to capture. Okay, it's not a, a UC full title, but it's it's an interim title, and you know it, it's sets you up. Uh, for that that title shot and to be, to, a chance to become the world champion and obviously Tom Aspinall he mentioned and I mentioned the back injuries and things like that you know he's probably been set back in terms of improvement from the the injury that obviously happened in the cage and kept yeah, him out uh, having to rehab that and then this back injury and all this stuff it's kept him from improving at the rate that he probably would have improved if all this hadn't happened and as I mentioned he's still 30 and he's come in and and the momentum he has again now after that and, you know, the confidence and, you know, the belt around, even if it's not the 100% belt, you know, you're going to get, they always say 20, 30% or whatever. You're going to get some kind of boost from that. You, you know, it's, 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 it's great times for Tom Aspinall, you know, John Jones, how long is he going to be out for? Uh, when he comes back, is he going to want to fight a Tom Aspinall? You know, we've seen John Jones before not want to fight certain guys. We Maybe he just wants to fight Stipe, you know, maybe he has his heart set on that and where does that leave Aspinall? It's a bit of a messy situation with the interim belt, but, you know, I don't think Tom Aspinall cares. He, he's he's probably, uh, you know, looking back on his career and thinking that this was all worth it and all, all those injuries, all those dark times, you know, coming through that. It's like, that's adversity that maybe we haven't seen inside the cage, but we've seen him overcome outside the cage and, the back injury going in this is probably seems like less of a thing after after that as well but it's still a big deal like if anybody's had any problems with their back and things like that it's it can be it can be terrible you know you can barely sit down and you can barely stand up you can barely do anything uh so absolutely phenomenal and you know if you can say injury free and you know get a couple of couple of or maybe a couple of interim belt defenses will be a bit strange maybe 
you know. I think they should do, do it. That. I think they should do it. Like, because there was a thing before about Ganyan. I think Aspel wanted to find Ganyan. Ganyan didn't want to fight him or something. I don't know. I saw a few people mentioning that, but I think Aspel versus Ganyan is a fight that makes a whole lot of sense right now. Um, like, uh, you know, people seem to be like, oh, defend the interim title. Like, what are you talking about? But, like, before when an interim title would it, be it is a, it is a bit you know out of the norm but like it, at the end of the day they're just props really like you know but like uh, you're you're a young well, heavyweight well, I don't see the big problem there's John Jones is going to be out for what like six months at at least like you know, what, what was it a torn um torn fucking peck wasn't it shoulder like they they take a long time to fucking heal and he's gonna fight steve when he comes back it looks like like then i just kind of said that so let's say if john jones doesn't fight look it's going to be a year it's going to be like if you're tom aspinall and you have an interim title now do you really want to sit around for at least a year and like when i say year, it depends on how bad this back is as well obviously it might be it might yeah. be a bit of time out but a year does seem like a long time to sit around and it seemed like you the know back- what, what if john jones wins against steve or steve wins against john jones but they they have a big quarter they have a, an injury and then yes. they're out again you know it's mma you can't be sitting back and waiting you know the, and like it's it's your job as well. Like you you need to make money. And like if you're an interim champion, will you get pay per view points? Maybe you will. Like you know, there's there's a massive opportunity there to uh, to have another fight and earn a lot of money. And even and if you do and you win that, then a prospective John Jones fight or a Sepe fight down the line becomes even bigger. And you know, maybe more money for you with the with the pay per view points if you're getting them and all of that. So you know, there, obviously there is a risk as well. You're risking a possible. Do you want to be? Do you want to be kind of rust a little rusty as well going yeah. in? You know. <laughs> there's a lot of a, a lot of drawbacks to waiting I, I think Aspinall is the type of guy though like it's something we have not necessarily criticised but maybe uh, warned against over the years like taking this sort of fight at this sort of time and moving this quick he's always been a guy and credit to him for we were wrong like uh, he's taken those fights and like fucking give me that fight I'm going for this fight to this fight to this fight and he's no problem doing that I, I just I like. I think if he was offered still again, let's say the back clears up because the back didn't. The back seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like maybe a month long injury, and like in two or three weeks he'd probably be grand. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong, but that's just kind of the vibe I got from what he was saying. Uh, but let's say it, it'll be fine in a while. Like, is Tom Aspinall the sort of guy who just wants to sit around? Like, I really don't. But at the other side of it, then. Do the UFC want him to sit around? Like the UFC before, years ago, seemed to be v- really, really happy, um, really, really happy with like having lads fight as much as possible and really unhappy with lads who would want to sit around and wait for Tyler. I remember Tyron Woodley at one stage, he was like, oh, I'm going to sit around and wait for Tyler. And he just gave it to someone else. Now he ended up getting in the end and obviously winning it. But look at Colby now. Right, they were very happy for him to sit around and wait for a title shot for for ages. And there's there's I don't know, I can't even, there's another couple of examples as well in there. I feel like they actually would probably be happy with Haspinal to wait around for a year and fight the winner of Jones versus Steve, or maybe even be the backup for that fight. Um, 
But I don't know if he will. Now, who, who will... And maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe if um, Aspinall and Gagne call each other out, that's maybe a fight they'll make. But I, I just have a feeling they won't, even though I do think it's the fight that uh, that does make sense in that division. But what would you do, Graham? Would you would you have him fight Gagne or would you have him wait around? Like, let's say if you're Aspinall now, because it is it is an interesting one, because like the Gagne fight's a big fight and all like that, but it's not a John Jones fight. And like it is a risk. Gagne's a very, very good fighter as well. But or I always pronounce it wrong. Gone, gone. Sorry, gone. Yeah, I, uh, if if I was in Tom's camp, I'd probably fight again. I'd only be, as I said, a little bit rusty and things like that. Going into you know potential John Jones uh, title, you know um, what do you call it? Title uh, decider. Uh, yeah, emulsification. Title unification. <laughs> yeah, title, title yeah, unification. Bout against John Jones, uh, a bit rusty and things like that. I, I think for Tom Aspinall's chances against John Jones, you'd like to see him get another another fight in against somebody like a, a Cyril. And uh, obviously, it's a big risk. Cyril is very dangerous on the feet, uh, especially um, you know he can frustrate say on the outside and things like that. But Tom, you know, he, he's confident. In, all these guys are confident in themselves. I'm sure he'll think I can go in there and put him away and you know uh, build a hype for the John Jones fight and stay active and stay getting better in the gym and all that stuff. But yeah. Also, you know, I, I could also see the other side if he wants to sit around and wait. But in MMA, as we say, you know, so many things can happen. Maybe John Jones needs an extra, you know, aggravation of his injury, or Stipe gets injured, you have to push it again, or one of them, whoever wins, gets injured in the in the fight and is out, or is in no rush to fight after that. You know, uh, it's just it, it could drag on a long, long time, and I I, I don't think that would be beneficial. Yeah, and maybe John Jones will retire as well. You know, he's talked about that. And, like, if As, like, well, I suppose uh, either way, Aspen will be the interim champion. He'd be made the official champion in if Jones did retire. But still, you've sat around, as you you kind of alluded to there, you've sat around for a year, maybe even 18 months for no reason, basically. So. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a very, very tough decision for Aspen and the UFC to uh, to make. But at the same time, it's, what, it's uh, a strange situation when they have a title fight that they're looking to book, yeah, weird, and then they it? make an interim yeah. title. It's a bit. It kind of causes a bit of. A yeah. bit of unknown. Like I'm usually okay with the interim titles, and I, I'm not. I'm not. I actually don't even care about this one, to be honest. But um, <laughs> this this does give plenty of credence to the people who criticise the interim titles all the time. Like this is, um, you know, this is ridiculous. The f- and yeah, someone was saying that to me as well. It's like, oh, you you're you're denigrating the interim titles straight away if you make him defend it. I'm like, well, you're, I think it's the opposite. But also, the UFC have already basically booked. Uh, you know another fight that doesn't contain Tom Aspel and he's the interim champion like who's fucking who's denigrating what like you know it's it's mad but anyway at the end of the day like Aspinall deserves massive credit like to to get to where he's gotten to you know the first ever English born champion um, absolutely brilliant it's tougher for the heavyweights as well you know in this part of the world there isn't that many big guys big athletes he's found himself obviously a great team with you know the the, the legend Phil DeFries and uh, Mick Parkin and a few more in there as well um, so you know and his father obviously training him like Aspinall is uh, is one of the best most exciting prospects in the world and now he's gone from prospect to contender to the interim champion and it's uh, it's wonderful and it's fantastic for you know that part of uh, that part of the world as well Manchester it's great need for a few champions here as well like you know hopefully you know having British champions and you know contenders and things like that will encourage you know the media and possibly Sky Sports I'm always I'm always hoping in the back of my mind that sky sports will will get the rights to <laughs> from from uh, not bt from uh, tnt, TNT yeah. 
and you know because it just would be huge to, for the sport in, in Ireland and England and you know even all over Europe if Sky had uh, the rights and have it on Sky Sports News and hype these guys up and give them the you know give these guys the attention that they deserve and you know the the more champions the, the more like you know uh, contenders from from Britain and Ireland and things like that the better for for the scene in general but also for hopefully you know making that final kind of leap from from just outside the mainstream you know to actually in the mainstream over here yeah. in terms of sports coverage I think as well <laughs> Maybe, I don't know if people here even recognise it, but people overseas probably don't recognise it. Like, the difference in level between, like, the production on Sky and TNT and, like, the level of even the presenting in the punditry and all like that on, uh, you know, it's obviously mostly the Premier League, but I'm sure they do the same for MMA. Like, it's it's just completely The amount of homes that actually have the subscription yeah. for Sky Sports is, must be a lot more as well. Way more, yeah. So it's it would be a complete game changer if that happened. And you say, like, hopefully this will uh, will push that and we will, uh, I suppose, we'll wait and see on, on that one. But uh, congratulations. Sure, sure. Sky Sports News had everybody thinking Anthony Joshua was going to Queensbury Boxing. Like, so. Yeah, they, they can do anything. Like. <laughs> they, <can laughs> they had a Freddie Flintoff fan, uh, cricket fans yeah. excited for a Freddie Flintoff boxing, boxing Freddie. exhibition Brad there Brad a few years ago. After he retired from cricket with a knee injury. Yeah, yeah. And Rio Ferdinand, too. And our, that was TNT, and that didn't even happen, didn't it? Yeah, so there you go. That's the difference. Um, the main event in Graham, Alex Pereira against Yuri Prohachka. Um, this, this again, I think this was a com- just a complete domination, to be honest, by Alex Pereira. I think he had a perfect game plan going in there, as you were kind of alluding to earlier on, Graham, be defensive, kick that leg, kick that leg, kick that leg and wait for your big shot to emerge. And then we'll talk about the finish in a second, but I think uh, I don't want to talk about that because I think it takes away from Pereira who was dominating the fight and I think would have won anyway. But um, I I just... Yeah, he landed a few big ones as well though. You know, it was definitely a live dog in there. Like obviously his leg was becoming more and more compromised. He was trying to fight out of the opposite stance and which isn't ideal against somebody like Pereira. But you know he was, he wasn't getting completely dominated. I don't think. I think he was, he was landing enough to to be to have pay as respect in there. You know, um, to show that like if I do make a mistake here, I, I could end up on the ground and obviously uh, on the ground in terms of uh, being knocked down and obviously having to worry about the takedowns uh, being taken down as well is obviously a. Uh, a thing that you have to do, you have to make Pahea worried about, or else he's just going to tee off when you're on the feet. And I think it gave him confidence once he kind of realized that he's able to tie up and kind of avoid damage and, you know, avoid any kind of precarious situations on the ground. And he even worked his way back to, to his feet nicely at one stage. So I think that gave him a lot of confidence in being able to let his shots go. And obviously, once he's, once he's flowing in there, he, he lands with such venom as well. And it was very good shots to put Yuri down and he obviously la- kind of landed in a position going for a takedown and ate a few ate a few shots, uh, nice shots from Alex there, uh, elbows and kind of forearms and uh, he dropped to his back. But I think, like, I know we'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk about I just want to make a couple of points before we get to the stoppage. I, I think, like, you, you know, Pereira, Prashka was landing a few of his big shots, but I thought, like, my, my call kind of coming into this was, would the unorthodoxy of Prohachka be able to be, like, the straight-up technical fighting of Pereira? And I... I think the I think the answer is no. Like I, I and I thought it'd be the other way around. I thought Yuri would have to put him on his back a lot more. Yeah, you know? well, he, he did take him on one stage and kept him on for a good bit. But as you said, Pereira 
defended very well. And like maybe he could have taken him down more, but as as you said, that leg was compromised, and the takedowns are set up differently when you can't fight out of you know your uh, your orthodox stance that you want to fight out of. But like. <sighs> Like him throwing like a few, he threw a few spinning shots and he threw a few like wild shots that you think, okay, if he can land a few of these uh, and take Pereira out of his game, that's going to be a change in the fight, you know, with the takedowns as well. But I don't like the best shots he landed, you said he did land a couple of, of, of nice shots, but they were kind of just exchanges with Pereira, like straight up exchanges rather than a little bit of wild stuff, a little bit of something different. And maybe like his ability to push the pace in him as well just wasn't there because he was fighting a, a different game and he was taken out of that game as well by the leg kicks. I, I just wonder like with Pahashka being out for so long, I wonder did that have an effect on him as well? But like you go in there and you are a guy who is a very unorthodox fighter, let's say against like an ultra orthodox fighter in terms of technique and you know the high level of kickboxing that he comes from it must be it must be very hard like if you think about it like fighting at its very essence is when you learn a technique you can beat a guy who has no technique and I'm not saying Prahashka has no technique but when you can beat someone who's wild and will just attack you and all Pereira is like the master of that and even if you come with say a logical wildness like Prahashka has that's a good way of describing him actually give credit to me um you're able to deal with that as well. And I just thought that level of control, the level of defensive control, as well as the level of offensive control from Pereira was just on a different sort of level. And it was a winning and losing of the fight, to be honest, for me, um, as well as the point you made there about him being able to get up from the takedown and not really take almost any damage in the takedown. Like, he was probably, what was he down for? Maybe two minutes, two and a half minutes? And there was no question he lost yeah. that round, you know? Yeah. So. Do you think Yuri should have went more kind of, I know he's obviously going for position over submission, but when he has him on the ground, but do you think he should be working towards his back or working... You know, I trying think Pereira, to Pereira is an odd one on the ground though. He does he does like do, do you remember uh, Nick Diaz against Paul Daly, do you know, where he was avoiding the strikes by like moving his head on the ground. He does that like by avoiding the ground and pound while your man's in his obviously his half guard or his guard or half guard probably. He's really good at that and it's really good at like he kind of controls a bicep at times as well, or maybe controls a wrist and doesn't let you pass while not allowing you to hit as well. It's a really fucking intelligent and good way to it. and here's one thing I really want to say as well and I was thinking this and I've seen a few people talking about this and I, I don't think anyone has pointed out Glover Teixeira he has to be up for coach of the year like the way he, and like uh, that's what I was just talking about there I feel like that's all Glover Teixeira and telling him and showing him and you know getting him to do that and like who yeah, better maybe I'm uh, underestimating how well he's able to you know tie up yeah I thought he was brilliant yeah. like I thought he was really good and like Glo Glover is like he has been at this level in his last fight like last year or whatever it was obviously fighting Yuri very come very close to beating him probably should have beaten him who better to have preparing you for that fight, the fight than him and like the way he has prepared Alex Pereira for all his fights so far, for a guy who's only 11 fights into his career, uh, has won a championship at, this, uh, at a second weight class, like we, we honestly need to blow this out of proportion because I feel like, I feel like we haven't uh, reacted enough to this. What he has done has been absolutely mesmeric. Like, it's unbelievable. And this is weird, like, because it's a vacant title, but it's not really the vacant title because Prohashka was the champion, like, you know, so he's beaten the guy who never lost the belt. It's not like he's beaten some schlub for the title. Like, he's beaten, and respect to Jamal Hill as well, you know, he's a deserved champion, but this was fantastic. He beat Adesanya, you know, beat Blahovic, a former champion as well. He's only fucking 11 fights he's into his career be Sean Strickland who's the current champion you know at, at middleweight as well 
Alex Pereira must be one you know Shaw, I think it was Shaheen Al Shadi called him a surefire Hall of Famer he has to be at this stage like only Brock Lesnar has really ever done anything like this before it's unbelievable yeah, there's somebody coming in that's not experienced on the ground we always expect him to be kind of like a, a you know a fish out of water and they're just kind of lost on the ground but he, he like even though he's not you know offering any you know attacks off his back or anything like that or he, he's not trying to sweep you he's He's comfortable there, you know. He's he's not panicking. He's he's so he's got the, the exact right mentality for, for MMA. You know, he's he, he's not going to panic out there. He, he's just going to kind of methodically do his thing. And if he gets in a bad position, he's going he's just going to limit the damage and 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 wait and get back up. And you know, he he's extremely confident in his ability on the feet. And you know, uh, yeah, I think if he like if he continues training with, with the way he's training and picking learning the way he's learning um would you be that surprised if he had extremely good takedown defense uh, no. in in a in a few fights time in a couple of years time know. he you know he could have he seems to be picking it up extremely quickly like people coming in and fighting at this like this extreme upper echelon high, highest level of the game at so, such an early stage in their career is just and doing this well, you know, is, is just unbelievable. Like the last time we probably saw this was like somebody like Brock Lesnar, but he, you know, he had that wrestling base, which is kind of, yes. which is a, a much kind of safer base to have, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and he, uh, like no disrespect to Brock Lesnar, he did phenomenal, like, you know, but um, I think maybe the, the the competition wasn't quite where, where it is now, you know, um, especially when you've gone across two divisions like, like Alex Bahia has. Yeah, indeed, one hundred percent. Like, and I'll say it again, Glover Teixeira. Who who did I call for years the most underrated wrestler in the UFC? Glover Teixeira, and he has him as his you know trainer and main training partner as well. But like, I, I saw, and, and it's I know this is a weird guy to quote, but Chael Sonnen was sent a tweet to, to Luke Thomas about this. He's like, "Oh, Alex Pereira is the exact same fighter he was when he came in to MMA. He could have won. He could have been a double champion without ever transitioning over time." I'm like absolute bullshit like there's to, to tell me that Alex Pereira has not improved in his last four or five fights or whatever it is bullshit absolute bullshit he's become such like he almost got fucking submitted by Michaelides whatever you call your man like oh, he very nearly did very nearly did and look like look at the way like Chelsea wasn't able to do what Alex Pereira did it's not even a put down it's like this is all, this is just it's yeah obviously. you have to you know <laughs> you have to go through these yeah. uh, training camps you have to go through these fights you have to go through a lot of grappling and uh, training obviously it's going to be you're going to be in a much better position after after a couple of years or in a, a handful of camps, a handful of fights. You're obviously going to be in a much better position. You're going to be even more comfortable. You're going to you're just going to be in a way better position to to let your strikes go and to be the the vicious striker that we that we know he is. Indeed, right. Let's talk about the finish. Um, I you know you know um, I, I think we can take out of it before we start. Like I just want to take say this said? before we start. We can take out what year he said in my yes. opinion because he said something. I think it was the which fight was it? The Dominic Reyes fight. I think he said he was out as well. A fight that he went on to win. You know, he did, uh, he, saying out and being like you know, you know, uh, taking a taking a shot that maybe discombobulates you. I think is what more what he's getting at there. He's obviously not out out like KO'd if you're if you're moving around and you end up winning the fight, or if you immediately roll to your knees and stand up and walk over to your corner talking to the ref. You know, you're not out. 
yeah. by the but like I think it's a language barrier thing there or uh, maybe he's just being magnanimous or whatever I think it, that was it more so than anything else yeah, he was being he didn't want to be like a sore loser or anything like that and he definitely got hurt and he definitely got flashed oh, absolutely like you know he's you don't fall back and, and uh, like and, and pull somebody kind of into full mount on you unless you're hurt like he's definitely hurt there's no doubt about that like yeah I look I think this is a weird one right because if Matt Goddard was on here now and he gave us like two or three sentences about why he stopped the fight you like you could not disagree with him like Prohachka was dropped he was hurt he fell in a very unnatural position he probably would have only and I hate this to say this but like let's just say probably would have been finished after two or three more shots we don't know obviously we would like to see him so they're like it wasn't a bad stoppage per se it was it's a stoppage that you can definitely defend right but i, I described it in the in a group and i, I think ian said this everything it was a horrible stoppage like it's it's one of those ones like oh it's a horrible way to finish a fight it's a horrible way for yeah, everybody's every, nobody's like yeah everybody's like oh oh yeah it was just horrible yeah, it's yeah. like oh no and like it's horrible on mark honored as well because it wasn't necessarily as i said a bad stoppage it was just so like oh no come on just this is a fucking light heavyweight world title fight between two former champions and okay, he got hurt, okay, he got flashed, he got knocked down, but he was awake and fighting when the fight was stopped. Like, and he's on the ground. he wasn't even wobbling on his feet. Like, <laughs> yeah. And even if he was, we've seen guys wobbling and come back and, you know. It's you just, talk about Brock Lesnar yeah, You can look at the letter of the law, where, like, his jo- Mark yeah. Goddard's job is to protect the fighters above yes. all else and all that. So, like, air on the side of, I can understand all that, but. Yeah, you you just feel like you, you there, there was more to that fight, and maybe it was all that was more to that fight was the two or three hammer fists, and that was it. But uh, you know, I I that could be the fact, but I I get the feeling that maybe you know Yuri would have been able to get back up, and maybe even Alex would have let him back up because he maybe didn't you know would, would yeah fancy his chances on the feet uh, with a guy he's he's wobbled than getting on top, so. It, it, it probably wasn't, you know, it wasn't looking good for a year. It was probably a matter of time at that stage, but we, we've seen this happen before and guys come back and I, I just, yeah, I felt when the stoppage happened, I felt, ah, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't clean uh, in terms of you know, nothing that, absolutely nothing that Bahia did, like he did every, or uh, he did everything perfect, but just, uh, it just wasn't quite uh, as definitive as maybe it should have been. And a point you made before, and it was a very well-made point, we're missing out on classic fights because of this, and like classic rounds and classic comebacks. Pat like, Barry, check Congo. We want yeah, that every every pay-per-view. Like Brock Lesnar, Shane Carwin. You mentioned Brock earlier on. Like if... if if there was a trigger happy ref in there, like that wouldn't have happened the way it happened. Like it's all Pandred Mike King, one yeah. of the best fights in and Irish Goddard, soil ever. Goddard was the ref for that, I think. Like as well. So yeah, the, absolutely. You know, yeah. it's it's. I'm not. It's not. It's not a massive criticism of Mark Goddard or anything like that. But it's kind of. It's a just such a. It's such a fucking pity. Like that. That you know, and it, and it takes away. Like probably people are probably saying, oh, it's Prohashka. You know, it was he was the one. Oh, sure, he he was the one who lost because. Of, but like it actually well, takes more away from actually, what he said. Actually took the kind of heat out of it completely. It did, yeah, it did. Yeah. And fair play to him for saying that. Like I have a whole lot of respect for him for saying that. I, I like. I, I, it's not right. Like it's just, it's, it's just not correct. But like I, I, I think it actually takes more away from Pereira than anything else. Not, not what 
Prochka said, but the stoppage itself. Because, like, he doesn't get the joy of having, like, a clean stoppage. People always talk about that, like, oh, that was an early stoppage. And, like, as you said, though, Pereira, what he said, did help that. And I think the way the commentary talk, talked about it afterwards probably helped that as well, even though I think they were kind of rightly criticising it when it did happen. But, yeah, it's just, it's one of those ones where it's just very kind of unfortunate, I think. And uh, it's, a, it's a pity for a, a, a brilliant performance and a good fight to win the in that way but look it, it, it did in that way and, and Alex Pereira is the uh, is the champion um, he called out Adesanya afterwards I, I, you know I kind of I saw a few people saying rematch including myself you know I don't know when you when you kind of the cold light of day maybe the rematch maybe Prashka needs another one but um, as I said Pereira called out Jamal Hill or he called out um, Adesanya but Jamal Hill was also their cage side he'll be back I suppose from injury afterwards and he was obviously the champion until uh, until this fight who would you go for Graham would you go for Adesanya or would you go for Hill next um, when, do you know when Hill is supposed to be back I don't know it was an Achilles they said and he had, I think he had surgery so probably like another yeah. five months like Pereira's fought an awful lot over the last while so let's say it was five months I don't think there'd be much trouble with him kind of sitting out until yeah. I, know, I get the feeling he's the kind of yeah. guy who whoever the UC give him he'll be like no problem let's yeah, just do it I'd say so although he did call out at a side although the comment the fucking um, translator had an all time fuck up he like said everything except the name. Didn't, didn't say the name. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> talking about? But Pereira didn't say it. Said it did. But like, I, I don't know. Adesanya is like he's replying on Twitter and everything, and just the cringiest reply of all time to Greg Pereira call out. But maybe you know that's the way Adesanya is, or maybe he will. You know, maybe he will be uh, taking that fight. But the last time Adesanya went to two hundred five, he had big issues. I think the size is an issue. But like, let's say if it's it's a while down the line, maybe he'll have time to put on size. And you know, it's a fight that you know we, we everyone talked about it before. Oh, we, Pereira will be two hundred five champion. Adesanya will be a one eighty five champion. They'll fight. It's like, well, that's not going to happen now until unless Adesanya goes back in and wins the title. But it'll still be a big fight. Like, but I just I always felt like they did kind of throw away that trilogy at the time. But maybe this is maybe what Pereira said, and maybe him winning. I, the think, title I think they can whip it out at any time. I think there's yeah, such kind of maybe. you know rivalry there that, that that's always going to be a, a big fight no matter what. Yeah. So let's see if that happens. Uh, right. Let's run through the rest of the card and we move on to next week. Then uh, Jessica Andrade. At the end, uh, when when the uh, fight started, she was plus two or five to win this fight. Oh, I gave her as one of my bets of the week, and I think plus one one sixty three or something like that. I could not believe this price, to be honest. Um, like just a far superior yeah. fighter. I got this one completely wrong. I thought Dern's striking had improved from the last couple of fights enough that she could, you know set up a takedown and gonna win that way but she just fought a <laughs> do diabolical know, do you know what's funny though Graham? fight in every possible way like people saying and uh, Din Thomas said it on the commentary he's like how how did she look so good against Angela Hill and she didn't look good against Jessica Andrade I, I, I know it's Angela Hill but like comp- like yeah, she, the, the way she looked in in, yeah. in this fight on the feet was just comical like really like she's one yeah. she does that though she like she looked good in one fight and bad in the next fight and good in one like i don't think she looked bad offensively so like she didn't look great but defensively god almighty she it was ronda rousey reborn like it was very bad like but andrage like andrage is a very 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 good fighter she's only losing to good people recently like and you know mckenzie darn is not that like she is yeah 
I, and I yeah. know she, about, about, about a minute and a half into this fight, I was like, oh, yeah. I completely got this one <laughs> completely wrong. Uh, and I've got a lot of them wrong recently, but this one was one of the ones I got right. I was like, oh, thank God. I, I, I've, I finally called the fight right. But uh, yeah, look, it was it was just a destruction. She knocked her down multiple times and uh, and finished her with the uh, the left hook and straight right. Um, great, look, it's great for Andrade after a long, you know, losing streak. And McKinsey, like... Mackenzie Dern has left Jason Perillo. She's like to be fair to Mackenzie Dern, all right. She's had a very tough time in her life. She's had a you know she had a baby and you know only a couple of years ago. And now she's had a divorce and now she's left her trainer. It's, it's tough. Like it's tough to keep up the consistency in terms of performance when all those things are happening in life. Like, but you know she was someone who needed probably all the consistency in life to get to a level because she wasn't at that level over the last few years and when you lose all that consistency Jess, you've no hope at all so very like I feel for McKinsey because I like her as a fighter and I think she could be a big star and she does have talent like but it got very enough. desperate very quickly though didn't it, it did, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I don't know it's just once you <laughs> You know, you just want to forget about it. You can't even really go back and learn from that fight. It was, it, it was just such a bad performance. Just wipe it from your brain. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's probably the best thing. But uh, yeah, very good win for Jessica Andrade at the same time. Uh, then we uh, BSD Benoit Saint Denis, who landed one knockout to the year against Matt Frivola. Like someone was getting knocked out in this fight with the uh, the power both these lads carry, but it was Saint Denis who caught Frivola circling and just. Like literally a fucking kick to the face, the head, forehead, vicious, vicious knockout. And like this lad, there's no doubt about it that this little guy is is a contender straight away. Like he, he only had his first fight in 2019. I've been fighting for four years and like he's fought a lot of times in that. What, what is he, 18 and one or something like that? 13 and one, sorry, but that's a lot of fights in that amount of time. And you know, he's fought Bomfim and he's fought Thiago Moises and, and you know, okay, he's lost to uh, Zaleki. Dos Santos and but like you know there's there's no UFC debut you know since yeah. then he's you know won five in a row and he's gotten all finishes you know uh, was it two rear naked chokes three three uh, or two ground and pound and one head kick you know he's looking he's looking very dangerous looking very sharp um, yeah he, he's definitely looks like a problem he looks like a you know, uh, obviously, you don't want to throw him in there too quick, but I think the the step ups he's been making are, are good, and he's ready for he's ready for a bigger bigger step up. Nobody really comes to mind, but I, I don't want him thrown in there too quickly. You know, he's only twenty seven years old. He's as you said, he's only trained or he's only fighting since uh, twenty nineteen. So, you know, with the right with the right fights, you know, he maybe maybe he's ready for that step up now. But I think the the safer thing for for a really, in my opinion, good prospect like, like uh, Saint Denis is to you know kind of build them build them properly and kind of give him a chance to to shine what about him versus uh mark Chikese? what about that fight Oof, yeah well that'd, you know, that'd be a that'd be a great fight that'd be a great fight it'd be a tough one for Chikese. you know he just got back on the on the winning on the winning streak and you kind of hope maybe they give give him the kind of a couple of nicer matchups as well um but 
uh, yeah, if that fight was to be made, I'd be, I'd be absolutely hyped for it as well. At the same make time. Let's make it happen. Um, obviously, the, the lads and the, the breakdown will uh, go through all the rest of these fights, but just to quickly run through a few of them, um, Diego Lopez got a lovely knockout over Pat Sabatini. I said, I said on Twitter, you know a guy is badly hurt when he starts walking on his ankles, and that's exactly what Sabatini did here with that big shot from uh, Lopez. A lovely finish, and I'm a big fan of Sabatini. I really like his game, but Lopez is a, a really good prospect and a guy coming through 145 there. Steve Ersig won the unanimous decision over Alexandra Costa. Didn't have it his own way. You know, the third round was a bit bitty, I suppose. Uh, but uh, he got the win there. Lupi Garinez looked good in her win against Tabitha Ricci. Now, a lot of people were complaining about the, the scorecard here from, uh, from Brian Minor. But, like, all the judges were disagreeing <laughs> on this fight. It was one of those odd fights. Just a Brian Minor had, you know, those when there's three close rounds and one judge gives all th- three close rounds to the person who loses, it always looks bad. But like, you know, it's one of those ones where it's three close rounds really. But they were split. They were splitting like every round. Every judge agreed on two rounds and every judge disagreed on one round. So, you know, I said, I think John yeah, said I think the, the first round, yeah, the first round, uh, like 29, 28, I can see no problem. Uh, but the first round was a bit, uh, maybe I, if I went back and watched it a bit more closely, you know, sometimes with the prelims or the, the earlier fights, you, you might maybe get distracted. Yeah, and me too. You're obviously yeah. not paying as much attention as the, as the judge is, but yeah, I think maybe maybe there was a shot in there that must have been missed or something, or maybe, maybe you know, sometimes a, a, a judge likes certain things. He thinks things are more effective than other things, and maybe somebody's doing that constantly in, in a fight, uh, and uh, rounds are really close, and in his opinion, you know, that round is being edged out that way, and, you know, but at the end of the day, I suppose, you know, yeah, go go golden has won, so kind of yeah, it isn't it isn't a it isn't a big controversy like no. maybe it would have been, but even even if it had been, I think yeah, I think there were you know uh, scoring the fight for her for Ricci is is not not that much of a stretch. Yeah, the first round maybe, but as I said, I'd have to go back and look at it closer. Yeah, um, Roosevelt Robertson got armbar arm armbar by Matthias Robowski. Robert. He isn't Roosevelt with team uh, here today, gone tomorrow. Who's that? <laughs> Roosevelt Robertson, yeah, the fighter. Yes, yeah. Sorry, that was a that was a Connor quote. I didn't realize that the twenty fourth president of the United States of America isn't crazy that he got in back into UFC yet. They they, they wouldn't sign Paul Hughes like, and I like Roosevelt yeah. Roberts. Like he's not a bad fighter, but come on, like and who missed weight? It was short notice. But uh, it was very short notice. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, it's probably Roberts. I suppose, but yeah. Um, there was a draw. Maybe in. maybe he was hanging around the area at the time, maybe, maybe. <laughs> training with somebody who was on the card or probably, something like that. Sometimes that, that can be. That can be enough to get you in there. I think he's in team. Um, uh, what's Here it today, called? Gone tomorrow. Uh, Ian Gary's team at uh, Kilcliffe. Um, so yeah, um, Sadikov versus Barishov was um, a draw after ten eight in the second round. I think that was that, that was a great fight. There. Very good fight. Very very good. Fight. I really going for it, like, yeah. I like Barishov a lot. Like I think he's a guy who's lost a couple of fights, but I do think he has. You know, he's not, let me just check his age. He's not the youngest in the world, but he's 31 years of age. But I do think he is a guy who, if he was to keep going or, you know, if he was a little bit younger, maybe he, he would have a higher, high enough ceiling if he kept putting improvements on. But we will. Uh, if you keep being in exciting fights, though, you know, Dana White will keep you around a lot longer than maybe. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Jared Gordon in took Marco Madsen out very quickly. I, I thought Marco Madsen would be able to cause him trouble, and I was wrong on that. But he got him with a TKO with the right hook and ground the pound. So a good win for Jared Gordon. Maybe setting up that Paddy Pimler rematch if he was to, uh, to win against Tony Ferguson coming up here. John Castaneda beat Kong. Joshua Van beat Borjas. And Jamal Emmers beat Dennis Bazooka. Um, 
we had KSW and Cagewars as well then Patrick Kamarczyk won the uh, main event over there against Daniel Rakowski Kuberski beat Lesko and I, I thought Lesko would win that but a good win for him Martin Varshak got a beautiful uppercut against Enrique De Silva and there was a few other wins over there as well then on Cage Warriors there was a massive knockout in the main event Emil Brown got finished by Janice Bashar Duffy Sockram I, I called the left hook like he yeah, the left hook I, I didn't go I, I thought I thought Brown would win and I predicted Brown to win but that left hook from Bashar watching some of his old fights is like you gotta fucking avoid that and he's a really good counter striker and he he set Brown up and knocked him out with a beautiful shot and you know Bashar against James Sheehan to me Graham looks like a fucking great fight if they were to make that down the line I know James had a win over Brown and if Brown had won probably would have been a more you know a more logical and easy fight to make but still I think James has kind of earned that spot uh, with a lot of people you know Reese and, and, and uh, Oban leaving yeah, the be a big, well. big cage warriors fighting Dublin if yeah. that was to happen yeah it? let's make that happen but uh, credit to Bashar what a what a win there and a very good win for him Will Curry came back as well uh, got a win and got a beautiful rear naked choke there so he moves forward uh, I think it was it was a quail check saying that him versus Darren Shore to be a good fight in the wood but oh, I don't know I mean, Short obviously was supposed to fight here but I, I feel like Will Curry is such like a good athlete and a good prospect that he's taken three losses now and I think that that might be enough for a couple of fights I think the slow road might be the way for Will Curry here and uh, get back to uh, get back to the top the slow road definitely not the way for Sean De Silva uh, who beat Gerardo Fanny um, moves to 6-0 and all, like to, to take on Fanny in your, your sixth fight that's that's unbelievable and to beat him you know win the unanimous decision there he'll move on and I think he'll probably be fighting for the title next um we had Luca Barado beating Wesley Machado Tom Wright got a win oh, uh, Matthias Figlak came back as well and got a good unanimous decision win there um, and then we obviously uh, Teddy Stringer got a win a couple of Irish fighters as well with one win and one loss uh, Adam Darby got a beautiful guillotine choke against Tartan Jacobs he took that on short notice as well I think very very short notice um, and a lovely finish from Adam Darby he goes to 3-1 and one now and that you know if he lost there and you know the 2-2 two and two, Graham you, you, you often say it the 3 and one looks a lot better uh, and in Sinead and new line um, put on a good display uh, you know her opponent she's was just, just in the so wrong much bigger than her like, really. yeah, yeah yeah just you know so much bigger and she didn't short notice as well she was supposed to fight Ava Sau coming in there so you know maybe drop down to 120 I don't know if she even 115 maybe or definitely 125 anyway and uh, get a few fights there but look valuable experience for, uh, for Sinead what do you think of the, the Irish displays there Graham and, and Cage Warriors yeah, I think you know. Even in 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 losing for Nunulon, it was she showed that she has she has the ability. If you know, if if she gets signed uh, to a multiple fight deal in in, I'd, I'd even say one fifteen would probably be ideal. Um, you know, maybe maybe you could do a one twenty five on the way down or something like that. Uh, not to make it too drastic, but I think you know she showed that she belongs there, and I'd, I'd like to see her get a, get another shot. And Adam Darby, as you said, he looked he looked really good. A lovely standing guillotine. Um, obviously, he's he's moved to three and one here. He's a big prospect. We've been hearing about him a lot from uh, Andy Ryan and the lads at Team Rhino over the years. And you know, um, as you said, it's a you know, start of your career to get off to a winning start, get that kind of momentum and confidence going is a huge thing. And you know, he looked really confident. He looked he looked really good in this fight. And you know, hopefully, they'll give him you know in cage where it's, it's very likely they'll give you they'll give you an appropriate matchup in the in the next one and work his way up. And yeah, I think you know he definitely has a lot of ability and 
a lot of people are excited about about him and Team Rhino and, and on the Irish MMA scene. So it's great to see him get off to get off to a to a you know a positive uh, start to his pro career and, and look so good and so comfortable. Uh, you know, in a, in a relatively big stage like Cage Warriors here. 100% very very good uh, performance and you know he's out doing that um, Cage Warriors Academy thing as well or is it, is it San Diego where they are I'm not, I'm not too, I'm sure but he's training full time on that can only help you know as well as the great team he has obviously in Dublin with uh, Andy Ryan and Redzer and Siri and the boys there as well so um, you know great Great, uh, great things from Adam Darby, and I'm sure Sinead and New Lion will be uh, will be back as well there. Uh, let's look ahead to next week. Um, UFC have uh, it's not a bad card, you know. It's um, wh- where's this on? Is this on in the uh, the apex? It is indeed. Uh, Paul Craig against Brendan Allen in the main event, a middleweight uh, contender fight there, I suppose. Um, with Jake Matthews against Michael Morales, so a bit of a a bit of a test for Morales, I suppose, who's looked unbelievable at 15 and 0. Chase Hooper, Jordan Levitt's a pretty good fight. Amanda Hebas is back here against Lucia uh, Luana Pereira, uh, uh, Pereira, in fact, the former Cage Warriors middleweight champion as well. Christian Leroy Duncan, after losing the last time out, fights Cesar uh, Almeida. Lucy Pudilova, who I believe fights out of Ireland as well, is on this card. Mick Parkin. The, the heavyweight training partner of Tom Aspel fighting Kyle Machado. Jonathan Pierce, who was ranked until his last fight, I think, is on this card as well at 145. So there are some very good um, good names and good prospects on it, Graham. What, what do you, uh, what's your standout? What do you think uh, of the main event? How do you think that will go? Yeah, I actually, I always like a, a Paul Craig fight. I, uh, I like his style, I like, you know, the fact that he can be getting beaten to a puff <laughs> and break your arm uh, in a, at a moment's notice. And, uh, you know, the Jake Matthews, Jake Matthews is another guy who <sighs> kind of has a lot of talent, but kind of gets in his own way or loses fights. Maybe he's winning. And, you know, this is, this is an interesting matchup against Morales. The rest of the card, you know, there's some, there's some interesting matchups, but there isn't that much kind of high level jeopardy there. Um, uh, it'd be interesting to see Leroy Duncan responding to his first loss. Uh, you know, he's going in there against a four and guy. So you'd expect him to win, but a bit of an unknown quantity there. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 not the best card. I think the the Bellator card we're going to come on to is 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 the, the best card. Yeah, of the weekend. this Bellator card is significantly Bellator. Uh, Bellator <laughs> significantly better. Bellator. <laughs> it's, it's Bellator uh, than the UFC. Bellator than the UFC card. Uh, it's arguably you could put it up there as one of the best Bellator cards of all time. If we're being honest, um, Yaroslav Amosov, who you could also argue is the best welterweight in the world, and I think I would argue that way. He's fighting Jason Jackson, who is one of the most informed welterweights in the world over the last few years. He looked very, very good uh, in the main event. Um, let's talk about that for a second, Graham. Like, I I did my preview the other day for sure. It'll be out this week on, on this card. And my talking and true, I just think, similarly enough to the Pereira-Prohashka fight, I think, and, and well, not necessarily similar to that, but in terms of like Pereira was able to control the fight, being a better technical fighter. I think Jason Jackson is also a technical fighter, right? But I think Amosov is such a good technical fighter. And I think, you know, seeing him up close like we did there a couple of months ago in Dublin as well, it just almost illuminates it to you, doesn't it? Like how good a fighter this guy actually is and how technical and tactical he is. Um, I think it's going to be very hard for Jason Jackson to put on his... Like Jason Jackson's game is very much 
I'm going to be a better technical fighter than you, but I'm also going to push the pace. I'm going to put you in places you don't want to be. I'm going to hold you and drag you down. And like, I, I can beat you technically, but I can also beat you in a dirty type of way. But Amosov, like, is such a good wrestler and he's striking has gotten to the next level as well. It's like, it's very hard to see a meditative victory for, for Jason Jackson. And like, that's someone coming from someone who's a big believer in Jason Jackson. But I think, you know, yeah, is Amosov just a little bit better everywhere? If not, I think so. Sizably better in some places. But if if yeah. Jackson, could win this fight it's like one of the fucking biggest wins you know I, I don't think people would realise how big of a win this actually is if Jason Jackson was able to get it and, I'm not, and that's not to say he's like a massive complete underdog with no chance or anything like that he's a very 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 good fighter and when you are style, a very good fighter you're yeah. always a good side but the style and just Amosov is, is one of the best in the world like watching him live it, it, it was illuminating wasn't it great to watch him live and see how good he actually is yeah, he really like the composure. The yeah, he do, he he looks like he's he's you know one of the best in the world. And you look at his record; he's twenty seven and zero. You can okay, you know, records are for DJs or whatever. But you know, he's 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 definitely at a very top the very top level. And you know, if if the if Bellator is to go away or whatever's happened, and he was to go to the UFC, I'd pick him over a lot of guys. Uh, you know, high in the in the division in the UFC. So he is very good. But as you said, you know, Jason Jackson. Is, is a guy that you've been talking about for years and we, we've been watching for years and he definitely is dangerous, but it, it's just, as I say, maybe Amosov is just that, that bit better everywhere. But in MMA, anything can happen. You know, one big shot can change it or one mistake, one mistake here or there can, can be the difference. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be too confident in Jackson's chances. Uh, I was just looking at the odds there and I thought I was going to be a, picking the underdog and, and thinking Patchy Mix is going to do it but he seems to be he seems to be the, the favourite here I thought you know, what are the odds? Uh, let me just pull it back up again here um, Patchy Mix is minus 200 Sergio Pettis is Whoa. plus 150 really? Yeah. Jesus I thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be even more the other way yeah. and I was going to be picking a sizable underdog but it seems not so you think Patchy Mix will get the win do you? Yeah, I think so. I think he's just looked so so good recently. He's improving massively. I know Sergio Pettis is the same, and he's he's looked really well rounded. But I, I, I don't know. I think there might be something special about Patchy Mix. Yeah, I I really like him. Like I, I do think these are two of the most improved guys in MMA over the last few years. Like what Sergio did to Patricio was just mesmeric like unbelievable the way he dominated him for five rounds. And Patchy like has looked so good in all his recent fights. Like it's funny because you you look at this and go how, how will Apache beat him right he's very good obviously on the ground and a very good submission game but he's striking has improved an awful lot and his ability to control adds I suppose with his length and his size but like Sergio went in there a guy who is no I, I know Patricia's not the biggest guy in the world but he was a champion fucking two weight classes up and it's well used of using his you know being a long fighter and using his length and fighting a longer game and Pettis just you know just made it look easy against him with his speed and everything like that now Patchy mightn't take as well to the speed honestly I think this is a very fucking tough call uh, to make on this one like because Pettis yeah, is a I brilliant striker it's going to be phenomenal it's going to yeah. be a phenomenal fight it's going to be re- I see it being really close like I I think both guys could finish we've seen like spectacular finishes from both guys but yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this one me too like is this the best fight outside the UFC this year I think it probably is I think it's 
it's phenomenal like this is the highest of the high level you know people some people probably say oh so sure Joe was in the UFC and he lost but like he's definitely gone to another, another level since then and you know Patchy's 18 and 1 like you know 18 and 1 what a what a record he has and he's looked better and better and better all the time you know and so, he's finishing pretty much everybody yeah, yeah he's, he's a real real good fighter um Patricky Pitbull is on this card as well, and he's fighting Alexander Shibley. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here, Graham, right? Because this is the semi-final of the bracket, and in the final of the bracket was supposed to be Usman Nurmagomedov, if I have that correct, but he's now failed the drugs test. They're saying it's one of these ones where he it was a prescription drug, and he just forgot to put in the TUE or didn't have the TUE or whatever. But, yeah, you know. yeah. You have a duty of care as well to what's going into your body. He's only gotten six months. They're not stripping him of the title, apparently. Yeah, well, like um, we saw, there's no benefit when T.D. Dillashaw said, yeah, you got me. There's, there's no yeah, benefit, so yeah. why would you not just say something? Indeed. I, I, I just wonder what's going to happen here. Like, are they going to put in... Uh, who did, uh, I can't remember who. So, the, so, so uh, what I t- thought is going to happen, the, the six-month ban out of the tournament, but they're not taking his belt, which is just seems mad. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird, because, like, let's say Shabley wins this fight, like... What, so what are they going to do? Like, just f- have him fight someone else in the tournament and then come straight back around and fight Usman? Like, you might as well just wait and fight Usman for the belt. Like, what, uh, and, and I know the last fight was made in no contest or whatever, and they'll put the, uh, the opponent in there, but, you know, it's... Sure, this, is, this is tournaments in MMA. Has, it, has the tournaments in MMA ever gone anyway smoothly? <laughs> no, that, that is true. So the, his last opponent was uh, Bryn Primus. Oh, yeah, so Bryn Primus has more lives than anyone, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's all it's all a bit weird here. But look, Patricky and Shabley should be good fight. I do uh, I do like Shabley in that one. We have Ruffian, Ruffian Stotts against Danny Sabatello in, in the rematch that Stotts won, but Stotts has lost since against Patchy Mix. Um, and, you know, Sabatello's gone one and one since. So that's a, a big fight as well. You know, the rivalry in there and the shit talk has been massive for, uh, for a long time. So that's uh, going to be a good battle there. AJ McKee, like... We're talking about 155. We're talking about the, the title pitcher. It's like for AJ McKee not to be in that title pitcher is a bit mad. I know, okay, that's because of the tournament and everything like that as well. But, you know, he's fighting Sidney Aula, who's a, you know, a good fighter, a dangerous fighter. But I think AJ McKee should have, um, you know, a big, uh, a big advantage there in that one. Um, just a word on AJ McKee, Graham. Like, it's. It's very tough, difficult with Bellator, I know, because, like, is this their last ever event? Are they going to be bought out? Are they going to continue? Who knows? What's happened? There's rumors of a Belfast card in February or March or whenever it is. Who knows, like, what's going to happen? Like, you're a guy like AJ McKee. Like, even a guy like Usman or Megamenov, like, oh, I was thinking about it. Why would they strip him of the title? Like, will that title even exist in a week's time? <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows? What's even happening? But for AJ McKee, it must be tough. Like, you, you're now 28 years of age. You're in the absolute prime of your career here. You maybe had an opportunity to go to the UFC. It didn't happen. You re-signed with Bellator. And now you're kind of stuck in this limbo for a little bit. And maybe the limbo will only last a couple of fights, but it's... It's all a bit odd, isn't it, for a guy as good as AJ McKee, who's like, you know, one of the best fighters in the world. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of a little bit of an underwhelming. You know, maybe they could have done. I don't know what's happening with Patricio, but obviously it's it's one one there with the Patricio winning winning the the last one by decision. Maybe they could have done that, and it would have meant a little bit more than the Sydney Outlaw matchup. But yeah, it seems like the kind of world was at his feet, and the, the hype just seems to have kind of slowly kind of subsided just due to kind of matchmaking and things like that so yeah it's probably frustrating you know it, 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 I think 
there was was he at the end of his deal recently and there was talk of maybe yeah. the UFC and then he, he signed the deal and he was yeah. probably expecting you know I signed a new deal on the on the man at Bellator and it just hasn't worked out that way but you know <laughs> matchmaking in Bellator, Bellator going to Bellator you know yeah that's true they are indeed uh, there's a couple of big heavyweight fights in the card in as well Daniel James the fastest man in MMA against Ali Asiev who uh, was uh, undefeated and is a very very good fighter that's interesting on Tyrell Fortune in against Marcelo Golm is uh, not a bad fight as well I, I think if Especially James, maybe if he wins the title there, he could be fighting for the. Sorry, if he wins that that fight, he could be fighting for the title next. Although uh, I, I believe Bader and Vassell was supposed to be on this, or maybe the last card didn't happen, so they'll probably redo that fight if Bellator still exists after uh, next week. Um, but there's like some real good talent and real good fights on the undercard here as well. Like Tim Murky's Riev against Justin Gonzalez, a great fight. I love the fight between Mike Hamill and Tim Wilde. That's a brilliant fight. I'm a big fan of uh, Denise Keelholz. She had one of the fights of the year last year, uh, or maybe it was the year before against Denise, uh, against Juliana Velasquez, who's also on this card, of the former champion coming back after two losses to uh, to Liz Carmouche. Isam Amedov against Killis Mata is a really good fight. Archie Colgan, eight and is also on this card. Uh, Kerry Taylor Melendez is on the card. Cody Law uh, bouncing back from his couple of losses is on this as well. Ramzan Kuramagomedov 11 0 is fighting Randall Wallace, and Eve Landu is fighting Esau Kobayashi as well. So, this is a really a brilliant card from top to bottom from Bellator, one of the best cards they've ever put on. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing it all. I'm telling you, we will talk more about Bellator maybe next week or in the coming weeks, but I'll miss Bellator if they're gone, to be honest. And I hope they stay around. It was They've done great things for the Irish scene. You know, they've probably put on some underrated fights and underrated um, cards over the last while. But like the, it feels like the general... Uh, thinking about Bellator has just gotten so negative over the last while that maybe, maybe they do need like a bit of a, a bit of a G up, and hopefully that's what they get, and hopefully it's not them going out of existence. But it'd be it'd be a sad day if Bellator went away. I think, but that's it. Anything else, sad Graham? Have we uh, have we have we talked about everything in mixed martial arts this week? Any uh, any more news to get into? No. No. Yeah, I can't, can't really think, yeah. yeah sure, look. I think we, we covered most of it. If we forgot anything, we'll hop over to Q&A. And Q&A <laughs> this weekend, yeah. So, let us know. All right, we will, uh, we will leave it there. Thank you to everybody for uh, tuning in. Um, sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. You will get loads of stuff there, including that Q&A, which comes out every Wednesday morning. Um, Graham, we also have a new WhatsApp. Can you tell people about that? How did they find it? Oh yeah, there's like a new thing on WhatsApp, WhatsApp channel. So we started one there yesterday. Um, if you go to severemma.com forward slash WhatsApp, it'll take you there and you can hit follow and we'll be posting out content uh, from the website. The Some YouTube, free stuff as well. A few, pa- few free Patreon episodes mm. already put up the, the 10 years of Severemma interview we did with Artem Loboff. And uh, we're going to be giving away some tickets, uh, pairs of tickets to PFL Dublin. So uh, yeah, if you head over to... Um, severemma.com forward slash whatsapp and click follow you'll you'll uh, get all the updates in and your in your status uh, or, or i think they've changed the name now to up to updates yeah no on, one will uh, see your number or anything you can't see anyone else's number no no unless unless you have them as a contact you you'll, you won't know yeah. who to, who's in the group and all that stuff yeah, so that's very good yeah so uh, that's i actually i i signed up for and i signed up for one or two other ones well they're really good it's kind of cool you just like flick over to the right and they're there so yeah so yeah, i go over there for, i have the liverpool one there and go over yeah. the starting lineups get the, the goals and yeah. stuff like that is handy. handy enough very handy yeah um 
so yeah, sign up for there as well. If you're uh, if you haven't tried out Caldera Lab yet, please do use the promo code Severe CalderaLab.com, get twenty percent off over there. Follow me at Sean Sheehan Ba on Twitter, follow Graham at Severe May, follow at Severe May Pod for all the podcast updates and get Ian and Harry and Andy and all the boys over there as well. SevereMay.com for all your updates also and our YouTube channel. Click subscribe if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. Give us a thumbs up and all of that good stuff. Graham, take us out with your quote for the week. There's something wrong with the world today. The light bulb's getting dim. There's meltdown in the sky. If you can judge a wise man by the colour of his skin, then mister, you're a better man than I. Beautiful. We'll see you next week, lads. Good luck.